As we begin today, I want to remind you that we have about 20 of our members. Brother Bill has led a group from this church to Israel. They're in Israel right now. I'd like for us to whisper a word of prayer over them. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for our brothers and sisters who are in Israel now. Lord, we pray that you'll put ahead your protection about them and that you'll keep them safe and bring them back to us safely. But Father, we pray that you'll teach them more than they ever dreamed they could learn about you while they're there in that land where you lived and where you gave the greatest example of all and where you died and shed your precious blood so that we would have that eternal hope of glory today. Bless them. And Lord, I pray that they'll come back and fire us up. Uh, bless this service today, right now, in Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. The title of my message this morning is Basic Training. Now, I know some of you have been walking with the Lord and serving the Lord for many, many years, and you may not feel like you need basic training, and you may be right, but a refresher course won't hurt. And, And some of you may need this, if you didn't get this when you began serving the Lord. So basic training. And I want to begin uh, by a what if situation. What if I were to run into you tomorrow, perhaps in the grocery store? And what if I were to start talking real fast? You ever been around those people that talk so fast? You would respond. You just can't find a, a, a place to get in to the conversation. So I see you in the grocery store. I walk up to you and I start talking real fast. Can you believe what's going on in Washington and all this political divide going on in our nation And my goodness, this woke, wacky, insane, crazy stuff going on. Who would have ever believed it? Have you bought eggs lately? (laughs) Man, the cost is just sky high. Everybody's talking about eggs today. In fact, I heard somebody say we're going to have to color potatoes for Easter. But anyway... (laughs) Anyway, it's just... And COVID. How about COVID? COVID just won't go away, will it? Well, I mean, I think it's the new flu. What do you think? And how about those dogs? Man, man, Georgia put on a show in that national championship game. And I don't know about you, but I can't wait for the Super Bowl. Can you? Did you hear that my wife and Vicki Miller rode 70 miles on their bicycles the other day? Did you hear? Did, did you hear about that? And did I tell you that I'm playing pickleball now? I wish it had a better name. Uh, I love it, but boy, the name stinks. Uh, by the way, who does your hair? Your hair sure does look good. And can you believe the traffic on 319? And how about that four, four lane project? I think that's the slowest project in the history of projects. I mean, I mean, that's just, that, that, that's, that, that's just crazy. And I mean, I'm just, I'm just rattling on. Did you hear about the teacher shortage in Wakala County across the state of Florida? What in the world will we do if we can't find some, some teachers? And the weather's just insane, isn't it? I, I mean, we're in Florida. It changes every 15 minutes. You never know what's going to happen. And what about the economy? What about silver and gold? People are talking about investing in silver and gold. I, I don't know. What, 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 what do you, you think? Did your property tax go up? <laughs> 
And I'm scared to death to file my income tax this year because I, I, I can tell you, they got thousands of new agents, IRS agents. I think we're all going to be audited, so you might as well get ready. And one more question. Do you change your own oil or do you go to take five? Because they say, they say at take five, they can change your oil in 10 minutes, which makes me wonder why didn't they call it take 10? But anyway, what do you think? Now, you'd stand there and look at me. And when I finally did pause, you'd think, I wonder if my pastor took his medication this morning. He's all over the map. You wouldn't say that, but you'd think, man, something is up. He's hyper. He He needs some drugs. But probably what you would say would be something like this. Pastor, which one of those 30 subjects would you like to talk about? Because I can't even remember everything you just said. Child of God, I want you to listen to me. Because I'm about to give you something that's basic training. If we're not careful, that is exactly how we will read God's word. We will zoom past divine truth at 90 miles an hour and never slow down. Never slow down to meditate. Never slow down to dig in, to study it. Never slow down to hear what the Holy Spirit of God wants to say to us. Oh, friends, I, 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 I can tell you that our Bible reading needs to change for most of us. We need to slow it down. If I were to ask you how many of you read your Bible this past week, I would assume that most of you would raise your hands and that would be good. But what if I said we're going to pause for a few moments now and we want each one of you to come to this pulpit and share with us what the Holy Spirit taught you in that Bible study? How many of you would come forward? You see, we're reading, but we're doing it so fast. I mean, it's truth, 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 truth. And by the time we finish our Bible reading, we can't even remember where we started or what we read. Now, I do want you to know there is some value in reading all the way through the Bible. I've done it many times. My wife and I have done it together. I actually read the Bible through with a brother in Christ here in this church. We would read the same passage and discuss it later in the day. That was a wonderful experience. But church, hear me. You can read your Bible all the way through every year for the rest of your life and not grow one bit spiritually. If you want the Word of God to change your life, you have to slow down. You have to allow the Holy Spirit to teach you. Listen, Brother Derek Gray is the greatest Bible study teacher I've ever sat on. If you're missing out on Wednesday night, you, you need to be here on Wednesday night. It is amazing. But he's not as good as the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will teach you. And so what I want to do is I want to encourage you today that when you read your Bible, this is basic training now. When you read your Bible, and I don't know how the Holy Spirit does it, 
But the Holy Spirit leans over your shoulder and points out a passage of Scripture, a verse or a chapter, or maybe a paragraph, and he highlights it. Oh, I know, I know how I highlight my Bible. You know, I'll read, I'll get the highlighter out, and I will highlight my Bible uh, so I can remember where it is and go back to it. But friends, when the Holy Spirit points out a verse or a truth and highlights it, it just jumps off the page at you. It captures you at that moment. Uh, it speaks to you. Sometimes you don't even understand it at the moment, but there's a verse and there it is. And, and, and what I'm saying to you is when that happens, stop and don't go anywhere and stay there until you can put root downward and fruit upward and it becomes a reality in your life and you're incorporating it into who you are. You engraft the word and it becomes a part of you. I've been doing this for a long time. I've been in the, I, I've been in the fourth chapter of Second Corinthians for a while. I actually preached on it last Sunday. More than likely, I'll be preaching on it some more. But I've been in that fourth chapter of Second Corinthians for over a month. I get up in the morning. I don't have to wonder where I'm going to read. I'm going to read the fourth chapter of Second Corinthians. Why? Because that's where the Holy Spirit has me. That's where He's speaking to me. That's what he's teaching me right now. And I'm just, I, I'm encouraging you to do that, to slow down. Now, let me tell you what will happen. If you do what I'm asking you to do, your, your Bible reading will slow down drastically, but your spiritual maturity will skyrocket. And I got, I got to tell you, you don't have to learn everything in that Bible today. Just learn today what God wants to say to you today. That's what makes the difference. And I'll tell you, if you're hungry to hear from the Lord and to hear from His Word, the Holy Spirit has a way of getting you to the right place in the Bible at, at the right time. And it is an awesome and beautiful thing. Let me share some scripture with you. Since we're talking about the Bible, I guess I should read some. <clears throat> Here's a good one. Romans 15, 4 says, for, what, for whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of scriptures, we might have hope. Anybody here today discouraged? Let me tell you something. You have to get in God's word. I, call the counselors. Call me. Call the pastors in the church. We'll pray with you. But if you want to conquer discouragement, you get in the word because what the word of God does is it puts courage back in you. <clears throat> and that's what discouragement is, is when something takes courage out of you. And, and so, so you've got to get in the word of God. <clears throat> Excuse me. Seventeen years ago, I got discouraged. And you know what discouraged me? You're going to laugh at me. might even think less of me when I tell you this. But what discouraged me was I heard some great preachers. I was sitting at a conference, and I heard this preacher. And, man, I'd never heard anybody preach any better than he could preach. And then I started looking at him, and then I started looking at me, and I got discouraged. Because I knew he could preach a thousand times better than I could ever preach. 
And the devil just came and sat right down by me and said, what do you think you're doing? You can't preach like that. You can't minister like that. You can't do that. And I tell you, I just felt myself just dwindling. And then I stopped. It's always a good idea to do this. I stopped and I said, Lord, can you help, can you help me? <laughs> and uh, only time it ever happened in my life, but the Holy Spirit said, turn to Isaiah 54. And I, I did. I read the whole chapter. Nothing, nothing illuminated. Nothing spoke to me. Nothing helped me. Isaiah 54 just didn't work. And I said, Lord, <clears throat> now remind you, I'm, I'm in a conference now. People are all around, but I'm having my own little session with the Lord. I said, Lord, I turned to Isaiah 54 just like you told me to, and there's nothing here, and I don't get it. And the Holy Spirit said, I didn't say Isaiah 54. He said, I said Isaiah 54. So I turned over to Isaiah, the 50th chapter, verse 4. This is what I read. <clears throat> now, remember, I was comparing myself against this great preacher, and he is a great preacher. But I was comparing, this is what the Lord said. In Isaiah 54, the Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. I read that. And then I realize it has nothing to do with somebody else. By the way, stop comparing yourself to other people. You are you. You are unique. You, you are a beautiful and wonderful creation of God. And friends, when you give your heart to Jesus and you start serving to him, you are a force to be reckoned with in the world. You, you have power. You have anointing. And, and I read that and I just kept reading it. I was done at that time. The conference didn't mean anything to me anymore. I, I was done. The Lord, I said, Lord, you've given me, you've given me the tongue of the learned. You speak to me every morning. And then what I realized, it's just my job to be me, to share the word of God, to share the truth of God. And I've been holding on to that one verse for 17 years. And I can't let it go. Don't read them and forget them. Stay with them. Let me give you another scripture. <clears throat> Psalm 107, 19 through 20 says, Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. Anybody here in trouble? Yeah, I didn't think you'd admit it. <laughs> but we all get in trouble, don't we? We all find ourselves in turbulent situations. It says, and they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. <clears throat> Did you see that part? It says, he sent his word. The word of God's powerful. The word of God will deliver somebody out of their trouble. The word of God will bring forth healing. I mean, the God who spoke the worlds into existence, he said, let there be, and there was. That same God sends his word, and it does amazing things. But where it really becomes powerful is when he sends it, 
and we receive it. And how about this? When he sends it, we receive it, and then we share it. It's still the Word of God. We're talking basic training. Now, we're talking about being in the Word, loving the Word, trusting the Word, receiving the Word, sharing the Word. We're talking about letting the Word of God come to us. But I can tell you, if you're zooming past divine truth when you read your Bible at 90 miles an hour, you won't slow down long enough to hear anything. Stay there. I was... um, I was sick some years back. The board of the church knew about it. I went to the emergency room, got bad news. Went home, got on my my couch, stayed there for about three days. Had a pity party. Felt like God had forsaken me. Don't don't look at me like you're so righteous. You know exactly what I'm <laughs> You know what I'm talking about. I I was just, I wasn't praying. You know, there's a difference between praying and whining. Sometimes we call whining prayer, but there is a difference. I wasn't praying. I was just whining. And then it came to me, and, and no doubt the Lord did this. I decided I better start reading my Bible. And I started reading my Bible, and I came across a verse. And when I came across this verse, it jumped out at me. The Holy Spirit pointed it out. He illuminated it. I mean, it jumped off the page at me. And I, I looked at it, and I knew there was something there, but I couldn't quite figure it out. Let me read it to you. I found myself reading the book of Hosea. One particular verse, Hosea 13, 14. I will ransom them from the power of the grave. I will redeem them from death. O death, I will be your plagues, and O grave, I will be your destruction. Pity is hidden from my eyes. Wow. I spent 30 days in that one verse found all kind of different translations, uh, all kind of uh, uh, different commentaries on it. And none of it made any sense to me. But I stayed there day after day after day. I kept reading the same verse. I highly recommend that you do that. I wasn't trying to see how many chapters I could read every day. I was just living in one verse. And the Bible says, seek and you'll find, knock and it'll be open, ask and it'll be given to you. If you seek, you'll find, the Lord will help you. And finally, the Holy Spirit said to me, I just want you to know, I've already ransomed you from the power of the grave. You don't have to worry about dying. I've already ransomed you. See, I was was worried about dying right then. And obviously I didn't, but, (laughs) but I will. And you will too. But we've already been ransomed from the power of the grave. And then it says, I will redeem them from death. And the Holy Spirit said, I've already ransomed uh, you from the power of the grave. I've redeemed you from, from death. And then this is the part where it started getting good. Oh, death, I will be your plague. Listen, we look at death as a plague, but God says to death, I'll be your plague. And, and, and then it says, oh, grave, I will be your destruction This is all about death and dying, and it's about God telling us he's already got this. And the the Lord started telling me, I'm going to put to death the thing that's trying to put you to death. 
I, I, I was a little bit paranoid. I had a brother that died at 45. I had a brother that died at 55. And now I'm sick. And I think I'm next in line. And, and I turned to the word of God. And it began to encourage me. And, and I read this. And God said to my heart, I'm telling you, I got it. I got it. He said, I'm going to put to death the thing that's trying to put you to death. And then get this. This is the best part. Last part. Pity is hidden from my eyes. God said, I'm not going to have any pity on this thing that's attacking you. Oh, so I got off the sofa and decided to live. Yeah. The word of God is, is, is so amazing. It, it prepares us. It, it prepares us to minister to others. You see, we need it. We need to get in it. We need to learn by it. We need to receive it. But it equips us for ministry. There is nothing else on the planet. There's nothing you can do. There is no training on planet earth that will prepare you for the ministry of the good news of Jesus Christ apart from the word of God. You got to get in the word of God. Second Timothy three sixteen through 17 says, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. Now, I can't stop on every one of these, but I do want to stop on this one. Did you see that? Training in righteousness. You see, there's a, a, a part of righteousness, perhaps the most glorious and wonderful part of righteousness is imputed righteousness, that when we confess our sins and put our faith in Jesus, he downloads his righteousness into us. He gives us, he who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God. That's biblical, imputed righteousness. We receive it, not of anything we've ever done. Not of anything we could ever do. We receive that righteousness. But did you know it doesn't stop there? The word of God now gives us training in righteousness. Do you see it? Yes. Say amen if you see it. Amen. Yeah. So, so training in righteousness. Every one of us, we need training in righteousness. We need to be trained how to live. We need to be trained how to walk, how to talk how to treat our neighbors, our families. We need to know how to treat our enemies. The Bible tells us this. We need training in righteousness. Maybe I should have preached the whole sermon right there. I don't know. Now, verse 17, that the man of God, that's you and that's me. That's all of us. That the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. You see, you, you see, the word of God equips us. It prepares us. I, I, I don't want a church with, uh, with, with one spiritual leader or even four or five. I, I want us to be a church of hundreds, hundreds, all of us being ministers, complete. And did you see that? I mean, is that, it's almost unbelievable, isn't it? Equipped for every good work. Everywhere. What can you do? Whatever God wants you to do. If you'll get in the word. I, uh, a couple years ago, I got up on Sunday morning. I have a routine. I get up about five o'clock on Sunday morning. I drink my coffee and 
read the news. I don't know why I do that on Sunday mornings. Sounds like a downer to me, but anyway, <laughs> but, but I read the news and then I get my notes out and I start going over my notes and all of a sudden a verse came to my mind and I thought, well, the Lord wants me to incorporate that into my sermon. And so I looked up that verse and when I found that verse, it was one of those, the Lord points it out, it's illuminated. Okay, I got to do something with this. And then I started going over my message and there was no place in that message where that verse would fit. It just wouldn't fit. I couldn't make it work, but I couldn't get away from that verse. And I said, okay, well, what's going to happen is, is I'm going to, I'm going to memorize this verse. And so I took a few moments and I memorized that verse. And I said, okay, during that message somewhere, the, the spirit of the Lord's going to be on me. There's going to be an anointing. And boy, that verse is going to be right there ready. It's already going to be loaded. And I'm going to be able to use it. I got up and preached a whole message. And there was never a time I felt like I should use that verse. I, I, I memorized on Sunday morning a verse that I was not going to use in my message that day. <clears throat> I was disappointed. We gave the invitation. A man walked down the aisle and he said, Pastor, I got a huge problem. I need to know if you can help me. And friends, the moment he said it, the moment he said it, I said, the word of God says in this chapter and this book, chapter and verse, and I quoted that to him. And he said, my stars, my stars. He thought I was the smartest preacher in the planet. <laughs> he and then I realized sometimes God will have you to, to focus on a verse, a passage of scripture, not just because you need it, but because somebody else needs it. And he wants you to be studious enough, disciplined enough in the word that you can be ready to be used for every good work. Wow. Well, now Billy wants to know what it was. And we may have to move Billy all the way back to the back row. <laughs> so, so let me, I actually thought about this, Billy. I thought about this. Y'all can listen to. I thought about this, Billy. It wasn't for me. And it's not for you. No, no, no. Think about this. I've already shared with you Isaiah 50 verse 4. I, I, I shared with you the passage out of Hosea. Trust me, you can't just say, okay, well, I feel like I'm going to die, so I'm going to go get Henry's verse. You can't do that. You got to let God give you your verse. You got to let him teach you what he wants you to know. You can't piggyback on somebody else's uh, anointing and revelation. Thank you for asking that question, Billy, because I needed to, I needed to clear that up. Let's see how much time I've got. Hmm. The word of God is a weapon. It is a weapon. 
And you need that weapon. And you have to have that weapon. And in basic training, they don't just give you a manual. They don't just give you a manual and say, read that manual and you'll be ready. No. They, they teach you in basic training. You, you have to get in the Word of God. You have to handle the Word of God. We had one boy in basic training, scared us all to death. Never held a gun in his life. They handed, the first time they handed him a gun, he took it like this. He didn't, he didn't know what to do with it. Never had a gun in his hand, in his life. And, and when we, when we went through some of the training, they gave him a hand grenade and we'd all done it. We'd pull the pin. We'd throw it over a wall. And boy, that was exciting. This kid pulls the pin, releases it, and stands there and looks at it. We th- I'm serious. We thought we were all going to die right then. I mean, these were live hand grenades. And that drill sergeant knew his stuff. He hit him <laughs> like a fullback. I mean, boom, he hit him, picked it up, threw it over the wall just in time, and we all tried to start breathing again. And, and I mean... I, but but what I'm saying is, is you can't read it 90 miles an hour. The Word of God is a weapon. You got to read it. You got to handle it. You got to memorize it. You got to engraft it. You you got to know how to use the Word of God. It is an amazing weapon. And friends, we need this weapon. Uh, one passage in Ephesians, the sixth chapter, says that we are up against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness. Not just one enemy, a host of wickedness. Darkness coming from every angle, from every direction. And it says, listen, talking about the word of God being a weapon. Ephesians six seventeen. this is that passage that deals with the whole armor of God. It says, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The word of God's like a sword. Now, why would the Bible compare it to a sword? Because that was the weapon of choice in that day. That's how they killed the enemy. That's how they would drive back an attack. It's a sword. It is a weapon that will drive back the enemy. It's a weapon that works. It's a a weapon that will get the enemy off your back. Uh, some of you, I guarantee you, there's somebody here, and you don't feel like you can win for losing. And at every turn, there's a battle. And, and, and yet, you may have called on counselors and turned to every solution you could think of. Friends, you've got to get the Word of God in you. It's your weapon. It's your sword. It, it's, it, in our day and time, they would have said it's like a gun, I guess, or, or you know, a nuclear weapon. It's powerful. Now, let me ask you a question. If your child or your grandchild or a loved one was under attack from, let's just say, a a wild animal or maybe a rabid dog foaming at the mouth, coming against your 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 baby, your child. If you had something in your hand, let's just say you had a gun or a knife or a sword or a baseball bat, but you just had something you could use as a weapon and that, uh, that wild animal is trying to destroy your child. I'm just asking you, 
wouldn't you use the weapon? Wouldn't you go into action? Wouldn't you do whatever it takes to defend the, your, your loved one? Well, what's happening today in the church all across America is, is we've got families that are under attack right now. I, I mean, we, our children are being taken. The enemy's tearing apart the whole concept of family. Uh, society is, is so far out of balance, it's just not even funny. And yet, we as Christians will not take up the one weapon that God's given to us. And I can tell you, friends, when the enemy is coming against you and your home, it is not a financial problem. It is not a relationship problem. It it is not just because somebody doesn't like you. There's a real enemy behind all of that. And he's trying to take you out and take you down. And listen, there is no material weapon that will work in a spiritual battle. Nothing. There is no, you have to get in the word. Have to believe the word. Listen, take the word of God and, and start using it. The God who spoke our world into existence has given us a weapon. I love the story. Sam Cathy was a great evangelist that moved across this nation. I'll cut it short, but Sam Cathy was going to preach a revival somewhere and he was in an airport and this was back in the day before they had all the scanners and everything. And he said he went over in a corner and sat down and he said some guy walked up to him and he's going over his notes that he'd be preaching that night. And uh, uh, I, like I say, I had the privilege to spend some time with him, hear some of these stories. And he said the guy walked up to him, pulled out a knife and held it out. He said, I, I still wasn't, I knew somebody was there, I just didn't look. And he said, and then he heard these words, uh, give me your money. He said he looked up and this guy's standing right in front of him with a knife in his hands. And he said, sir, he said, I am begotten of God. This comes out of 1 John, by the way. He said, I'm begotten of God. I'm walking with God. My Bible says the wicked one can't touch me. So I'm sorry, you got the wrong guy. He said, he said the guy stood in front of him and said, what? He said, you can't touch me. That's what the word of God says. So I just believe the word of God. And he said, that guy's hand went to shaking. And he said, and finally he goes, oh, like it was hot and dropped it on the floor and turned and ran. Sam Cathy said, I reached down, picked that knife up, folded it together, put it in my pocket. (laughs) got on the plane, went to the revival service, and he said, heaven came down. Listen, the Word changes everything. The Word will lead you. It'll guide you. It'll bless you. It'll heal you. It'll empower you and anoint you to do what God wants you to do. Now, I'll close with this. You got to listen now. Don't miss this. The Word of God is not a magic wand that you can just pull it and wave it and you get what you want. It's not a magic bullet that you can just load up 
you know, leave it on the shelf, leave it somewhere else. And when you get in trouble, you run and go grab it. Won't work. I'm sorry, it won't work. You can't, you, you can't belong to Jesus on Sunday and belong to the world on Monday. It just, it just won't work. It's a, it, it, it's a all in situation. Let me read this to you. James 1, 7 and 8. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. Now, do you hear this? The Bible's going to describe a man that can't receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. Friends, you, you can't be right with God on one day and wrong the next day. It's all in. If you want the Word of God to work for you, like we've talked about today, you've got to be all in. I, I, I can tell you, uh, it, it is absolutely amazing. When you go all the way with the Lord, you just say, Lord, I'm surrendering. You give, your, you give your heart, your mind, your body, your soul. You go all the way for the Lord. And then you get in that word. Oh, friends, you'll start having the time of your life. It actually gets to be fun. The poet said it this way. It's not some of me. And some of thee. It's not less of me and more of thee. It's none of me and all of thee. Friends, when we come to that place, ah, oh, great things happen. This is basic training. Circumvent this. Try to live the Christian life without even reading your Bible at all. Try to read your Bible just zooming past every truth and never stopping for application. Will not work. This is basic for a meaningful, fruitful, glorious, God-honoring Christian life. Will you get in your word and let God speak to you? Would you bow with me in prayer? Father, thank you for this day. And thank you for your word. And Father, I pray that you would remind us. I know I'm speaking to a lot of mature Christians now. But sometimes we forget just how important your word really is. Lord Jesus, would you bless us today? As we're going into this, this new year, this new season... Lord, would you, would you teach us one more time how to read our Bibles, how to study our Bibles, how to wait before you, how to be still and know that you're God. Lord, I, I pray that the whole spirituality of this church called River of Life will, will, will just move upward today because of just a real simple, basic training truth, the Word of God. Lord, bless us. And now, Father, I pray if there are those here who are just kind of hovering between two worlds, that today the decision will be made. I'm going all the way with my God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it all to him, and I'm going to get in the word. Lord Jesus, if there's somebody here and they've just never made a decision for you, I pray that it, your Holy Spirit would speak and draw and, Lord, that souls would be saved and lives would be changed. 
But more than anything else, I pray that this day will be the first day of a great and glorious revival of the Word of God. In Jesus' name I pray. Thank you again for listening to this message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today, or if you need someone to pray with, please contact us at 850-926-1200 or email us at info at rolcrawfordville.com. We also want to encourage you to visit us this Sunday morning at 1030 a.m., in Crawfordville. Please visit us online at rolcrawfordville.com for more information and directions.